All right, we're back here off topic, backsportspage.com. Steve Spanup, Randy Zelia. Let's go to the phone lines. Who's joining us right now here on uh, off topic, backsportspage.com? Hey, Randy, Chris Sandifer. How are you? Hey, Chris, how you doing? One a former backsportspage writer now returning to backsportspage. Chris, how are you today, my friend? Oh, doing good, doing good. How you been? Doing all right, man. How is it that life down in Jacksonville, Florida? I got, I got to ask the question, man. Okay, you're down in Jacksonville, yeah. Florida. Do the Jacksonville Jaguars get any love whatsoever from the uh, locals? You know, they do. They really do. There are a lot of Jaguar plates here. We still get a lot of Facebook postings where people are at the game. They they don't expect to win. Um, they're out there. They're having a good time. We still got a lot of Jag love out here. The The way the team launched was they, they launched correctly. They launched everybody voted way back when on the team name and the team colors and so they've always really felt organically like Jacksonville's team. You know, they didn't move from another city or anything like that. They weren't forced on the city. The city voted to have them. The city voted on their name. So everyone here has just been waiting patiently for them to return to the days of old. And, uh, you know, everybody out here is pretty excited about Tom Coughlin coming back as a VP of football operations. We still think Blake Bortles has a lot of upside so, yeah, it, it's still a good football town. I guess you kind of answered my question, which I was just about to get into, and that's Blake Bortles. Uh, you said that people are still, you know, around him, rallying, rallying, and uh, they still have faith in him. Is that the consensus of everybody, though? I mean, because I mean, this guy's been there for a little while now. When is it? When does it come to the time that they they move in a different direction? Well, you know. It, I, I guess the time would come when he's had the same offensive coordinator for three years or yeah. more. That's, you know, big problem is he's a rookie coming in that clearly needed polish. Um, he, you know, he, he, he did good at UCF, right? And when you look back and you realize that in high school, he was a wing T quarterback that almost never threw a pass. Yeah. So everything he learned to quarterback was in three seasons at UCF. So the kid, the kid can learn, but he still had a lot of holes in his game. He really needed to sit somewhere behind a veteran. The Jags should have drafted him and then should have brought in, you know, a decent veteran for a couple of years and let this kid develop. Instead, they put him in. They, you know, it was either him or Chad Henney, which was a disaster either way. And then they draft Luke Jokel, who, if you watch his film, he clearly couldn't do anything except protect against an outside pass rush. The guy got beat inside all day long in college, couldn't drive block, <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. And so they stick him out there to protect Bortles, and they uh, wonder why Bortles is throwing off his back foot mm. into coverage and running for his life. So it's just been, it's just been good talent poorly managed. Yeah, well, and not for nothing, I think one of the reasons why they brought Coughlin back because up here in New York, we've had Coughlin for years. What he did was he developed an identity for the team, and he put an expectation level that if you're not trying to reach that expectation level, then you're not on the right team. Because you're right, the team does have a lot of talent. They've brought in some excellent free agents over the last few years. They've done very well in the draft. Like Steve asked about Bortles, when do you when do you pull the, the trigger on it? Because same thing like Ryan Tannehill. Up until Tannehill's injury last year, he started playing like an MVP candidate, which they were hoping eventually he would be breaking out, going from the young prospect quarterback to a star, a superstar slash, 
you know, elite quarterback in the NFL. Because right now in the NFL, there just aren't a lot of those guys who you can say, like, if you say Eli Manning, the first thing you think of is New York Giants. You know what I mean? So, right. So at that point in time, uh, Coughlin's not just coming back just to make sure the team's right. He's trying to. He's there to set a culture. Yeah, yeah, I believe so. And uh, you know, he's he's going to have his way. I, I I think he's a fan of Bortles. Who can tell? He keeps everything really close to the vest. He's not a media. Oh, trust guy. me, I know that by covering him for the last four years. <laughs> like, you know, covering him for four years, Coughlin hated the media, so he would look at us and just he would like. I'm sorry for just coming in on that, but like, I, there was a time I came to a press conference. This is my favorite Coughlin story of all time. There was a kid there from a college radio station, and he, the, the kid wasn't there the day before, so he asked a question about the tight ends. I forgot what the question was. Coughlin turned to me and goes, well, if I answered that question yesterday. If you were here paying attention, you would have known I answered that. And I was like, the kid's like the kid's about to cry, like <laughs> you yeah, know what yeah, I mean, like, yeah. but like you know, Coughlin's Coughlin just likes to set the tone, and he and he, you know, he just want he wants to win, he wants to have success. So, yeah, that's pretty much yeah. It. And I think the Jags mean a lot to him. So you know, we'll see. I mean, I, I still believe in Blake Bortles. I think one of the biggest uh, one of the biggest downfalls is they keep bringing in defensive tackles expecting them to be pass rushers and they've never had double digit sacks their entire career they keep you know they threw a boatload of money at malik jackson and you know the the guy's not going to become a 10 sack guy overnight (laughs) i mean so what they really have to do is they have to pressure the quarterback and they have to force turnovers because any young quarterback is going to turn the ball over but when your team is minus 16 in the turnover department you're not helping the kid out at all yeah, I mean, they definitely need to throw him a, a, a line or something like that. I mean, he needs a little bit of help back there. Uh, what about helping him out with receivers? I mean, what about can we bring a could they bring a receiver in or or, or two or you know to really help him out? Yeah, you know, Alan Hearns did what I feared he would do. He uh, he made his way onto the roster. He got his uh, decent contract, and then his uh, production kind of fell off. They really need a legit blue chip receiver mm-hmm. out there. And it didn't look like they were going after one in free agency. Maybe they go after one in the draft, but uh, there's still a lot of – I want to say there's a lot of defensive needs, but really it's just safety. I mean, their corner play is pretty decent. Jalen Ramsey's getting it done. Um, Their linebacker play with uh, uh, Pauls Lusky and – oh, gosh. (laughs) His name escapes me. The kid from FSU that's complete beast. Um Kelvin Smith. So they've got the linebacking core. They they could pick up some free agent safeties, but maybe they target a Mike Williams. I mean, what that ki- what that kid did for Deshaun Watson, especially in the uh, championship game, that's the kind of guy that's a quarterback maker. So, what other sports do they have down in Jacksonville besides professional football? I'm, I'm having I'm having a hard time trying that's to figure it. that out. That's it. Um, <laughs> that's yeah, I was saying, yeah. It's just football, right? Minor league baseball team <laughs> that uh, head scratchingly changed their name from the Jacksonville Suns to the Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp. It's like, hey, we really don't want to be taken seriously, guys. Did they really Jumbo Shrimp? Yes, huh? they did. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Everyone's pretty ticked off. About yeah, it's it. an interesting and one. They've you been know? the Suns since I was a kid. <laughs> the Jacksonville Suns and the Jumbo. Uh, I shrimp. think that's first off. I think that might be the greatest thing I've ever heard. Right there. That is actually a pretty good story. <laughs> that's, that, that's, that's freaking amazing. Uh, I, I, maybe they're doing what they want to do, and that's uh, bring a laugh to people. You know. 
Okay, so talk to me about the education of the game of football. Um, what do you think that they should be doing different with some of these younger kids who are playing? In you know, either the either the pro game is going to have to adapt a more spread type offense, or they're going to have to start teaching more under center. We're losing the ability of quarterbacks to read defenses to make more than one read and either take off running or make one read and throw the ball away. Um, we're seeing a lot of that. Uh, you know, these, these kids even come into high school now, or they come into college from high schools that play spread, and if they want to play a more pro-style offense like Pitt plays or FSU plays, it, it's a tough adjustment. So I think I, I think we're getting a little lazy in our coaching of the young kids. We're going, okay, this is the easiest thing to run, but it doesn't develop these guys as, as full-on, you know, full-on polished athletes who are ready. That they, they all have big holes in their game. Then, of course, uh, you know, you got to teach them to tackle right. I mean, that's a huge thing. We now know that uh, concussions happen uh, mostly on the offensive line, and we've got these guys, you know, hitting head up every time. We've got these guys, you know, we, we, we have uh, USA football and the NFL coming in and, and trying to teach coaches how to teach, but there's a lot of old coaches out there. There's coaches that are still running bull and ring drills, for God's sakes. Well, that's that's awesome. Now, Chris, we, we, we've been, uh, you've probably seen my Facebook posts the last couple of days. I'm throwing a lot of different questions out there. I'll, I'll ask you the questions. Uh, I'll ask you today's question and yesterday's question. Uh, sure. What is the greatest game you've ever seen and why? Uh, greatest game I've ever seen. Uh, well, the first greatest game I ever saw, I had to have been about eight when I watched Joe Montana beat the uh, Cincinnati Bengals. That was the first game I ever bet on and won. Bet my uncle fifty bucks. <laughs> there you go. Right, first. you don't forget that yeah. one right there. Yeah, you better make sure you get. You better make sure you get that, that case. The first shot you can. <laughs> that was that was a lot of money back then, but my brother and I knew that Joe Montana was the man even back then. Uh-huh. Uh, we, we bet against him. He coughed up a hundred bucks like a good sport. Uh, you know, but uh, a couple years ago, the national championship uh, between FSU and Auburn. Um, there was something about that game. I mean, the Knolls were down, they were down, they were out. And there was that little thing inside me from, you know, from my days of watching guys like Steve Young and Joe Montana that said, this isn't over. This kid is not done. And I'm just, and I'm just sitting there being patient. I'm like, ah, it's not over. You know, I had that nagging feeling, and sure enough, I mean, he just starts lighting it up, and that's probably one of the best college games I've seen. Um, that and the national championship uh, with uh, Texas and Vince Young versus Matt Leinart and USC, that was another great one. Mm-hmm. Okay, and but uh, that one was back and forth, back and forth. I mean, to watch a kid, uh, a freshman like that, come back and win that game with such poise, I, I'd never seen anything like it. Yeah, great game. Too bad he didn't translate into the NFL, you know. And then the uh, hey, second, the sec- back-to-back four thousand-yard seasons ain't too bad. Yeah, uh, you know, definitely not. No, it's definitely not bad. But and I think actually you answered the second question was who's the greatest athlete you've ever seen perform. But <laughs> I think so. I think you've already done that. So, hey, Chris, you know, let everybody know where they can find you on social media. Oh yeah, um, I'm at Sandra for Sports on Twitter and uh, on LinkedIn at uh, uh, Chris Sanderford NBA. Awesome. Listen, I appreciate you uh, coming on the show, and you know, welcome back. All right. Thank you, Randy. Look forward to working with you again. You got it. Take care.